Blog Talk Radio. To get a thousand miles from the Earth, a rocket would need this much power. It would take far more than a human lifetime. But a space station might look something like this. To get a thousand you are now listening to the technology KS3 radio show. Today's host, Kenneth Saunders III. Good evening, everyone. My name is Kenneth Saunders III. I am your host for the Technologist Cares Free Radio Show, After Dark Edition. I want to thank everyone that is listening to this podcast. Uh, it has been a good minute since I've been on, but definitely been uh, doing some really good things in the space of technology, in the space of travel, entrepreneurship, and what a beautiful time it is to be an American. Now, I'm not going to get into politics today, even though that I'm a very political person. But either case, the fact is that I am on here today. Specifically, not only to tell you the truth about technology, but then also to, I guess, get some things off of my chest. And it's been a while since I've actually done one of these shows where I have been kind of ranting a little bit. But in this case, I think it's time because I need to put something down on record uh, so that uh, it can be listened to in perpetuity for as long as the Internet exists. I guess. So if you are interested in calling in, the number here is 929-477-1987. Again, the number here is 929-477-1987. Oh, you know what? I need to go actually promote this show on my Facebook and Twitter to say that I am actually online. But again, Again, I want to thank everyone for listening to this show. And the only way that I am going to... Hmm, so this is having some problems. Oh, well, it is going to go to Twitter, which is going to go to my Facebook. This is awesome. All right, so the title of the show is What the Heck is Going On? And for a little while... I would say that technology as a whole has been going in a very good and exciting direction, but recently I would say that it has been a little bit stagnant. And in fact, there are several categories where it has not really been that exciting. And there hasn't been a whole lot to report because honestly, there hasn't really been anything really going on or really something that's really emerging to really get excited about. Except there's a couple things. But, of course, one of the things that I definitely want to touch on um, and <laughs> is dealing with one of my favorite companies. Of course, people that know me know me as a Apple head. I am. I embrace that. Thank you. I am a technology head also. I just happen to support the best company that's out there. But Apple had the earnings call yesterday, and – Let's say that this is the first time in 13 years that they've missed 
the mark. 13 straight years, they've been able to break record after record and earn more money every quarter. Well, this is the first time that they haven't. And so all over the interwebs and all over their over news sites, tech sites, tech blogs, they're like, oh, this is the end of Apple. And in fact, because of what happened, it brought the entire stock market down. And I have to say this. A company as big as Apple just because they're not selling as many iPhones as they used to doesn't mean that it's a company that's actually failing nor faltering. This is what capitalism is. This is why it is important if you have stocks that you just don't give up. So this morning, Apple stock went down 12%. And full disclosure, I do own Apple stock. But let's say this. They lost 12% of the market share. So they lost $40 billion today. Most of us don't have $1,000 in a savings account. Imagine being able to lose $40 billion just because you missed a mark and didn't make your $53 billion, you just only made $50 billion in one quarter. I swear this is absolutely ridiculous, but this is one of the big things that uh, that has happened within the past couple of days, and it did drag down the market. And uh, even it's questioned whether or not how, how stable Apple is. Listen, Apple is a very stable company. But in fact, if it wasn't for Apple, then you wouldn't have the, such tremendous growth that Facebook has had. And Facebook reported a 200% profit increase from year over year. That's freaking amazing. And just to think, years ago when Facebook went public and people were questioning the legitimacy of book when it was selling at $18 and now it's selling over 118 100 oh no excuse me $110 there's some very rich people out there because of Facebook thank you Mark Zuckerberg but when you take a look and step back from stocks because that's an entire world and honestly in the real world we really don't that that's not representative of how we actually live. And I would say one of the, the, the main issues dealing with technology right now is the apathy. Okay, I can't talk about apathy in other, other segments, politics, business, retirement. But in technology, there hasn't really been anything that has just excited people anymore. And let me tell you why. Part of it is just dealing with the devices that we use. Uh, if you're using a desktop or a laptop, and let's say that you're using Windows. If you're using Windows 10, great. If you're using something less than that, shame on you. Upgrade to 10. But for the most part, 
Windows 10 is, an, is Microsoft's newest operating system, but it can work on a machine that's six years old. And in fact, in a lot of cases, a six-year-old Windows machine can do the vast majority of what people need to do. So what's the point of upgrading? But then also I have a problem even with Intel, who creates some of the chips for, for PCs. They make the chips, some of the chips for, well, they make all the chips for the, uh, the processors for uh, Apple for their Mac products, Macintosh products. But even with Intel, that they haven't done anything to really excite the general public. If you go and buy a, if you have a six-year-old machine, most likely it may be a Core Duo or Core 2 Duo, actually a Core 2 Duo, or maybe an i3, an i5, an i-core i7, or it could be a, a Core M. But throughout the, the years, Intel has kept the name Pentium, which is a very old name, but they end up keeping these names, like even though every other year they bring out a new version of it, which is more power efficient, which is or energy efficient, which is more uh, faster. But for the most general task, a six-year-old machine does everything a person wants to do. Now, how does that translate to smartphones? And one of the reasons why Apple isn't selling as many iPhones as they used to, well, because if you think about it like this, in my travels as a technologist, I talk to people of all walks of life, all have smartphones, and when I show them one little feature particular iPhone users, on just sharing pictures, videos, contacts, documents with other iPhone and iPad users, airdrop. Most people don't even know what I'm talking about. But the phone itself still serves its purpose. They can get, they can make calls, they can do text messages, they can take pictures, horrible pictures, and get on the Internet and Facebook and Twitter. Instagram. So you don't necessarily need the latest and greatest in order to have that basic functionality. But people aren't upgrading because part of it is dealing with not only the return on investment for getting a smartphone these days, but then as carriers are moving away from subsidized phones and moving towards more of a model where you're buying a phone off contract, you're paying full price for a phone, people are not going to spend hundreds of dollars on a product that they don't see any value in. Because of, and and in the United States, we're finally getting on board with it, but for most of the world, they buy their phones outright. But here in America, we're too cheap to go and buy a phone that may be $800, $850. That's a lot of money, but that's how much these phones cost. So it doesn't matter if you get an Apple product or or Samsung or if you get an LG or Motorola. They're all about the same price. If you're buying it off contract, they're all still the same price, even if you do installment plans. 
So people are being very cautious in a sense of trying to upgrade. They really want to be wild, but the phone market and the cell phone market has been really truly stagnant for, for many years. There's nothing really truly exciting about it. Of course, every year we know that the phones are going to be faster. They're going to be clearer. Uh, the camera is going to be better. They're going to be able to shoot better pictures. But is it going to make you make a call faster? Or will it even provide a better way of being able to send a text message? How can I do Snapchat better? Well, if you're getting the newest phones, everything just runs faster. Of course, if it runs faster, you have a propensity to be able to use the product even more. Now, that's one of the reasons why that the smart market, smart phone market has been really failing. It's just Apple has been just the last one not to sell as many as the year before. But Samsung, LG, HTC, they have been failing in the smartphone market for years now. Years. And so that leads to other categories when it comes to technology. There's nothing that is really exciting these days. There's nothing that is trying to get people, you know, out of, you know, let me get my wallet out. Let me go to the store and stand in line except Tesla. Talk about Tesla in my last show. And, and before in that last show, uh, their, uh, Tesla was about to announce their new Model 3. And what's amazing about the Model 3, it's an electric car that is priced at starting at $35,000. And on that day, you had over 350,000 people order their, put a deposit down, or excuse me, a reservation fee of $1,000 on a car that they knew nothing about. After the announcement, now it's up over 400,000 people. Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla, is, was completely amazed by it. I'm not. Because Tesla's been able to actually bring some excitement to the automotive industry. You have stalwarts like Porsche and Ferrari, or particularly Ferrari, the CEO of Ferrari, still not taking Tesla seriously. And this is on a day when you have a Tesla Model X, which is their crossover, out running a Ferrari. 430. And a Ferrari is twice the cost of a Model X, even though the Model X is twice the cost of a BMW 5 Series. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Tesla's bringing some excitement. The other part that's actually bringing some excitement, as far as with a category, is virtual reality. And I'm going to keep harping on this because until people actually really get it and understand it and start buying it, oh, wait, buying it? Mm. Let's talk about that. So since the last, uh, um, not my Tesla show, but the show before that, I, I talked heavily about virtual reality. Since then, you had uh, Oculus Rift, which is owned by Facebook, come out with their head, headset. You had HTC with the Vive that's, uh, that's already out. Uh, 
And then you also have the PlayStation VR that's coming out later this year. We're going to get more details about that at E3 uh, in June. But the two products, the Vive and the the Oculus Rift, are pretty pricey products for people to get. They are out of the range of the mainstream, in a sense, unless you're just buying a souped-up computer already. But most people are not buying desktop machines or they're buying laptops, they're buying tablets, and they're doing things on their smartphones. But if you experience virtual reality, it is unlike anything you've ever, ever seen. Completely will understand it once you do it. But the problem is, is the price of interest. HTC costs $600 to get. The Vive is $800. And then on top of that, you have to have a computer that will cost you at least $1,200 to fit the bare minimum. You're spending $1,500 if you want to be able to use this product for a while. But that is an expensive entry fee for, because again, people don't value technology like they should. Everybody wants everything cheap, cheap, cheap. But cheap, cheap, cheap doesn't mean that you're going to get the best experience. And it reminds me of how people will always try to bargain you down on things but expect the best experience. I don't get it. You get what you pay for. Like, for instance, Samsung, when it comes to virtual reality, you have the Gear VR. And if you have a Samsung phone, you can use Gear VR. And it's not necessarily a full virtual reality experience, but it's still cool. The only problem with virtual reality right now is content. There's not a whole lot of content. Even though that there's content being made, there's not a whole lot that's out there. As an example, I mean, even if you have a modern-day smartphone right now, you can go on Facebook and look up uh, uh, GoPros, go on GoPro site, and you'll be able to see 360-degree videos. That will give you somewhat of an idea of what virtual reality is, but not necessarily the actual experience. That's where Oculus and, and, and HTC come in, if you want the full virtual reality experience. But... Again, because of the expense, and it's not available everywhere, people aren't really all that excited about technology these days. And even for me, I am excited simply because of the tools that I have. And, and, I'll, and I'll go for a few minutes about what I use and what excites me. Because you as my loyal listener, I want you to be able to have an understanding of why I can't leave this industry and why it's important for me to be able to always tell you the truth. So one of the things that I and, – and I'm doing this verbally instead of actually typing this out on my blog site, ks3tech.com, the Apple Watch. So it's been a year since Apple Watch has been um, released, and – you have a bunch of tech blog sites that are 
asking about the viability of, a, of, of Apple Watch. And, and bloggers are saying, why I don't wear an Apple Watch anymore? Simply because they want more hits, basically. Um, and the reasons that they do, I mean, some are legitimate, but most of it is ridiculous. As for me, I wear my Apple Watch on a daily basis. In fact, it's one of these tools that separates me from always being in my phone and being out in the real world. It motivates me on a daily basis to work out, to stay active. I can respond to my notifications. I can look at them with a, with a quick glance. It's awesome. And I will never go back to a mechanical watch. For what? If I'm going to wear something, I want it to be useful. I want it to enhance my life. And, in fact, for these few several months that I've had it, nine months, wait, nine months, I guess, um, it has been a wonderful tool. It's been a wonderful accessory. And... Will I recommend? Can I still recommend it, to people? Absolutely, because it's one of those things that you will not understand it until you own it. And also, if you accept it for what it is, and not for what you think it should be, you'll love it. And in fact, the people I know who have Apple Watch who love it are the ones that are the non-techies, not the ones who are like me. So would I recommend it? Absolutely. The cost is irrelevant. Because, again, if you are in the mindset of always having to budget things that are under $400, I can talk to you about how to change that, and that can change your lifestyle. Now, The other tool that I have that, again, tech bloggers and tech media are always, like, are just so against is tablet space. So for a while, and most of y'all don't even know this, I've had my first generation iPad since April 30th of 2010. a long time. Earlier this year, I finally upgraded my iPad and got iPad Pro. Now, with iPad Pro, this device made me miss using a tablet. Because with my first iPad, it couldn't upgrade to the newest operating systems. It was slow. It had some weight to it, but that really didn't bother me because Weight is an issue, not an issue. I use it for reading books. Oh, and speaking of books, there's a great one called The Four Agreements. You got to go and get it, read it. It's awesome. But either case, the iPad Pro is so fast, it is an amazing product. I use it every day. And the one accessory well, actually, there are two accessories that you have to buy along with it, the smart cover keyboard, and then also Apple Pencil. Apple Pencil, woo, 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 woo. It is 
a wonderful pencil. It's not a stylus. It is a marking drawing tool that is superior than to any other stylus that I've ever used. And it, because it's pressure sensitive, it's tilt sensitive. I'm not trying to do Apple commercial, but let me say this. It has brought a whole nother level of productivity to me, for me. It's enhanced my business, whether or not if it's my travel agent business, my project management business, or my technology business, my technology consulting business. It is an absolute amazing tool. Do I recommend it for everyone? If you are looking for a device that is powerful, that is lightweight, absolutely. There's no doubt. But again, the apathy that's coming from the tech media industry is pitiful. And because of the apathy and how they've been able to leak into CNN, Fox News, MSNBC with these articles and rumors that normal people have picked up on it and they're not buying anything. And that is really sad because everybody's expectations are so high for new products and if it doesn't meet their lofty expectations, they don't buy. They're always waiting. Part of the problem is you think like with uh, Samsung, every year for a while, next big thing is here. Well, how do you tell the next big thing is here when somebody just bought your previous version a month before? And that's because people feel that, oh, technology is always upgrading. You know, Technology is always upgraded, but there's cycles to it. So let me break down the cycles, okay? So when it comes to phones, right now, Samsung, HTC, LG will always announce new phones, their flagship phones, in March and release them in April. Apple released a new phone, the iPhone SE, in April. But their flagship phone, they always release them in October. Announce them in September, release them in October. Computers, most of your computers will upgrade, will update right before back-to-school season and whenever there's a new operating system from Microsoft. Your tablets tend to upgrade every year, once a year. But the same cycle, April, September, October. Game consoles. In fact, well, here's the thing. If you're, if you're a fan of Nintendo, great. Nintendo announced that their new Nintendo NX comes out next March. But consoles tend to have a five- to seven-year product cycle before a new one comes out. Cars, of course, come out once a year. But then also you have really nothing else. Hmm. So those are really your cycles when the products actually come out. And so even though the, 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 that 
if you learn the cycles, then it helps you make better buying, purchasing decisions. But it also allows you to be able to get excited because you know when they are going to announce new products. And that's something I definitely always look forward to when I am just reading the news on a daily basis. And so to sum everything up, technology is at a standstill. But it's the calm before the storm. And if you've been following me for the past two and a half years with my blog, with, with this show, you'll know that if you learn the basics now, it is only going to set you up better for when that storm comes. So I want to thank everyone for listening to this broadcast. And I want to make sure that the next time that you listen to me, that like me, you'll be excited. And you can share this information with other people. So I hope that you all have a good night. Have a blessed evening. And I'll see you all next time. Good night.